one of the things that we uh, value here is the the Lord coming and kind of decimating darkness in Dallas. That was a great alliteration, and you should appreciate that. Decimating darkness in Dallas. We should do a conference just based on that. Um, the only way that, not the only way, but if you don't have structures or mentalities or uh, teaching prior to in preparation for something, you won't be ready. You know, fighters and soldiers and athletes, they prepare and they, they do all this training, not so that they can, um, not so they can just be better, but so that in the moment, they're not freaked out. Can you imagine being a boxer or a soldier or an athlete and going right to a fight or a battle or a championship game and you've never done whatever you're about to do, you've never taken a punch to the face in your entire life, you'd, you'd freak out the first hit you get, right? Right. Right. <laughs> this is the interactive part of the show. Um, and so we need to be prepared, and it's been kind of on my heart as the Lord's been bringing revivalists through here, uh, Jason Hooper and, and Todd Bentley and, and Randy Clark in, in the last month. We've just had those three just in the last month. It's been awesome. For the Lord to, to come, we need to be ready and know how to position ourselves, not just spiritually, not just like, oh, we need to be in prayer, we need to be fasting, we need to la, 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 la. Like, you need to know when power gets on you, what do you do? When, when somebody's about to fall out in the spirit, how do you catch them? Very practical. Some people can't hold their liquor yet. Some people have been drinking the Holy Ghost for a long time. They can stand up after drinking a lot of the ghost. But some people just, bam. And sometimes God just does a uh, sovereign thing where even the, uh, the blue hairs in the kingdom of God get knocked down right off the bat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, so <laughs> it's true. That's actually one of the main point, one of the points that I, I want to make later. <laughs> You like all the communication that's going on between us right now? Um, but a lot of successful success in revival isn't just about success in, in like hunger in the people. We have that. You know, like I would never label a single person that comes into this room as not hungry for the Lord, especially somebody who comes on a Thursday night when they could be doing whatever else. I don't even know what's on TV on Thursday nights, you know. But like you could be doing anything right now, but you're like, ah, just probably go to church. Right? Because you're hungry. You, you, you want the Lord to decimate darkness in Dallas. Um, and so it is hunger, but we also need to actually just be prepared in, in our practical things. Um, it's about, uh, we want to set up a corporate culture and a uh, structural continuity in our understanding. Uh, we're by no means revival experts. I would never claim to be that. But uh, do you guys remember the Florida outpouring that happened in 2008? Um, after, after that, I was going to Morningstar University at the time, and uh, a lot of what happened there kind of got brought up to us in, in Charlotte, North Carolina. And it was actually some of our students in the, the high school went down. They were like, well, this is awesome. And they brought it back. And it was like they were like carrying a little flame. Like, here, you should have this too. And it just like, blew up and we had weeks upon weeks upon weeks of what we called the breakout where it was it was like revival 
day after day. It wasn't like at every service. We created new services because there was so much power happening. People getting healed, just the Lord showing up, revelations flying everywhere. It was awesome. Can I jump in real quick? Yeah, please. Uh, it's really awesome that you're bringing this up because yesterday someone just showed me a video uh, of Rick Joyner who was recapping some of the events of that in his latest prophetic perspective bulletin. Mm-hmm. And he said that there was a fear of the Lord um, where you were afraid to go to the meetings because you didn't know what was going to happen and you were afraid to stay home because you didn't want to miss anything. Yeah. And he said, so you just ended up being at every meeting. Yeah, it's true. We we would just go, and I was part of the missions program, and so we we had to get up in the morning and like work out together or do like our spiritual homework together. And so we would be up until midnight, like laying hands on the sick and people coming from all over the world, and just the Lord showing up, go and grab as as much sleep as we could get, and we'd have to get up in the morning and run three miles and or whatever. And so it was exhausting, but it was so awesome because there was that like I don't want to miss this. And that the Lord really is going to bring that to to our city, where we where the things that have been prophesied are going to look like like small stuff compared to what's actually going to happen. Um, I'm t- I'm talking like um, imagine if if the Lord showed up in such a way that just just ten thousand people came to the Lord tomorrow. What if a thousand of them knew that this was a good place to go to? to be stewarded and to learn the things of the Lord. We, we can't even legally hold that many people in here, <laughs> but we would find a way and we would rent something out and make it happen. But you know what, what would need to happen? All of you would become leaders. Mm-hmm. It, because we, can't, we can't just go, oh yeah, that'll be awesome and the leaders will take care of it. No, because if, if the leaders at this church are the only ones leading, then we're leading, there's what, seven of us? eight of us on, on leadership team, seven, let's say 7,000 people come to the Lord. That's a thousand per person. That's a good point, Vince. We will need help, <laughs> which means that you need to be ready for revival and you need to not be a, an observer because the kingdom of, of heaven doesn't come by observation. Woo! You can't wait for it. You have to be prepared for it and, and actively going after it. And so... We're training you, not only in the prophetic over the last few weeks, but as we go forward, we want to be training our people to be ready for revival to actually hit. Because when it does, you're going to go from Peggy Pew Sitter to Pastor Peggy. <laughs> for real. Apostle Peggy. Apostle Peggy. <laughs> Prophet Peggy. Um, and so... This isn't you. If God shows up, it's going to be for real. Let me say, thank you for the correction. When the Lord shows up in Dallas, it's going to get real. And you're going to, you better get manifested out now so that you're ready. Because there's going to be some demonized people coming through those doors and we're going to need to be able to take care of their hearts. Mm -hmm. Right? I'm excited about that. All right, so, did you have anything you wanted to hit, or can we just go right into the no, practical? you nailed it, man. Boom! <laughs> All right, I've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten things that we need to be prepared in. Let's start with catching. Have you ever, yeah, have you ever, 
Have you seen when 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 like the Lord shows up in, in power and we're praying for somebody and somebody and they they flop and fall? Have you ever been afraid to go up because you might hit your head on something? I have. Because if if we're not prepared, if we don't have people who can catch, people will fall and they will hurt themselves. And that's not fun. We're trying to heal people, not send them to the hospital, right? Um, And so let me get... Heather, why don't you come up here? We'll start with a small person that we'll catch. (laughs) That's right. They call you small but mighty? No. Uh, Come on up here. Okay, so if if you're... Okay, Jeremy's praying for Heather... The Lord starts to show up. This is, not, this is not how, as a catcher, as someone watching what's going on, this is not how, how you really do it. I really am praying. Yes, Lord. Because she's going to fall suddenly, and she's going to hit her head, and then we're going to get sued, and that's bad. So what, um, so what you really do need to do is, whether you feel like it or not, have a hand on the person. That way they know that there's somebody there. And if they start to fall, if they start to fall, then you're already ready. Go ahead and start to fall. I'm already there. She's not, she's not going anywhere unless I want her to. And if I didn't have a microphone, I'd, I'd actually have two hands on her. And, and then I can actually let her down really easy. Now, I'm pretty strong, so I, that, that's easier for me. And she weighs nothing. So... Um, but it doesn't matter. It could, it could be Chuck. I could, if I was praying for Chuck, I would have a hand on him. I'd have two hands on him, and I would be, like, I would be squared up. Actually, I wouldn't be squared up. I'd have one foot back. This is, I'm serious right now. This like, is important. This sounds stupid, and you're kind of like, why are you administrating revival? Because we want it to actually happen. So, so and I've, we've been rebuked as a church for not being good at this specific thing, and so... We're dealing with this multiple times. Seriously. Seriously. It's sad, but it's it is true. You need to train catchers. And then we did, and then the, the, it didn't work out real well. So I was like, can, can I talk on Thursday about how to do this? And I said, yes. Okay, so you have a hand on them, right? If I'm standing like this and she starts to fall, go ahead and fall, and I'm caught off guard, her body weight is going to throw my body weight out, off of my center of gravity. If I move my center of gravity back and I'm planted on this foot... I am not going to fall. She's not going to die. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> okay, so, so she falls. Nice. Boom. Real gentle. Modesty blanket. And then, this is, a, this is really important. We have these specifically to cover up people who, who if their, their shirt rides up, or they've got cleavage that's going to show, or they've got a skirt on. This is real stuff. We don't want to embarrass people. We want to cover people. Mm-hmm. It, any ladies in here really want the Lord to show up and then, like, their skirt go over their head? This isn't Nahum 3.5. I will lift, my, lift up the, the skirts over your head and show the nations your wickedness and the countries your shame. That's a real verse. These, uh, these are being filmed, too. You don't want that on the internet. You don't want that on the internet. You don't want to be like, hey, did you see that one girl at that small church that revival hit? Whoa, that was crazy. And then we get this whole Lawsuit. bunch of emails and lawsuits, and it's like, oh, gosh. 
So we have these black things uh, just available on the, on the sides to cover up people. It's very practical. It's very real. Thank you, Heather. Thank you, Heather. That was awesome. Um, Heather, do you mind staying up here? Actually, I have, I have one other thing pertaining to, to catching. If I'm ministering, can you hold the microphone in my face so I can use both hands? So if I'm actually praying for somebody, I have a hand on their head or their shoulder and a hand behind them because sometimes there's not somebody there. But if she starts to fall backwards, I automatically feel it. And most of the time, if you've ever had me pray for you and you start to wobble, I will do what, what Jeremy talked about earlier. I'll say, no, stand in it. Learn to hold your liquor. If the Lord hits you, get as much as you can because there's something psychological about, oh, I got touched from the Lord. Now I'm done. Like you hit the ground and you're done. I say, keep like stand it in, in it until the Lord drops you and your knees give out. So you're falling this way, not this way. But, but that really goes along with that word that Tracy had about uh, the two men on the road to Emmaus. When Jesus came, Jesus yeah. started to walk with them and revealed to them amazing things. Uh, started to preach his his own um, autobi- autobiography from the, the Bible, and um, <clears throat> and when they got to where they were going, uh, Jesus he was still in disguise. They, they didn't recognize him yet. Jesus indicated that he would have gone with them much further, and so like. That, I mean, prophetically, that means that throw out your plan, like when you're walking with the Lord and get as much of him as possible. Who knows where they would have ended up if they just would have thrown out their their destination that they had planned. In other words, like if you come up here for ministry and you start to get touched by the Lord, he's going to indicate that he would go further. And who knows, you might get, you literally might get the impartation of someone who, who just flips the city upside down single-handedly because the Lord's so powerfully on your preaching after getting touched by the Lord like that. Yeah. Does that make sense? How many of you have heard of Courtesy Falls? <laughs> that it, it's happened before. I, I won't ask you if you've done it, I'll just admit that I have done it. Um, when somebody's praying for you, sometimes you're, you're kind of done with them praying for you. Um, whether because of their breath or the quality of their ministry or the length of, of that. Um, and you'll fall just to get them to stop. Or, or maybe you're, you're, you've gotten what you want and so you're, you're ready to fall. Um, and there are, that does happen. If, so, if you have a hand on somebody and they start to fall and it's not real, that will deter them from, from the fake stuff. And then we're avoiding hype which is one thing that we value a lot, is we don't want to hype up what the Lord's doing. If somebody's toe got a little bit healed, we're not going to say, somebody's broken foot got completely healed, medically verified. (laughs) Right? Because we don't want to hype this stuff up. We want it to be genuine. We want the real deal. Right? Mm -hmm. Does anybody want the fake stuff? Okay. Then then the way that you do that is you don't give room for it. So you, you, you keep a hand on people. I think that's very important. Moving on. Speaking of laying on of hands, I like to call this the holy trinity of, of laying out of hands. Forward, forehead, forward, forehead, and shoulders. That's appropriate on almost everybody, unless they're wearing a halter top or something like that, and then you should probably just go to the head and be, be very conscious, especially if you're a man laying hands on, on a woman, that you are not appearing to be touching a woman in the wrong way. Does that make sense? Because we don't want to be accused of anything. Heather, come on back up. 
Let me just make a little ladder right here. Okay, if I'm facing this way, and I'm praying for her, for her. Let's say I'm I'm just I'm not doing the laying on of hands thing. I'm just doing the like spirit Jedi thing, right? Now, what if we turn ninety degrees? And right here, what does it look like I'm doing right now? Nothing appropriate, right? You have to be conscious of these things, mm-hmm. and so you 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 can't just yeah, Lord, just touch them. Keep your eyes open. Be aware of your surroundings. Be aware of of how it appears. If you're a man or a woman, and you're pr- let's say you're praying for like a knee. Thank you, Heather. See you in a few minutes. Um, <laughs> and you're praying for a knee of the opposite gender. Don't lay your hand right here, right? Because you 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 don't want to make anybody uncomfortable, even if it is your wife or your husband, they might not know that. And then accusation flies, and then accusation gets in there, and the accuser gets in, and lawsuits come, and we, lo- and we lose our authority in the city because we have not been uh, shrewd. We yeah. need to be wise. The, uh, what we're talking about tonight is not irreverent or flippant. Uh, this, is, this is important stuff. Um, Vincent and I have grown up in revival culture, church. You know, we've been in it for... 30 plus years. And so we've seen uh, weird stuff happen. We've seen uh, done weird stuff, weird ministers ministering in weird ways. And like, and this is just, this is, this should be common knowledge in revival culture churches, but it's not. And so that's why we want to pastor it tonight. Everybody cool with that? All right. Is this beneficial to you guys? Have I offended anybody yet? Okay. One. Good. If I don't offend one person, I'm not being like Jesus, you know? He was, he was pretty offensive. He, I mean, one of his best sermons was Eat Me, so. Um. Yes! <laughs> Let's talk about... Oh, I'm going to get it for that one. That's John chapter 6. Let me back you up, Thank brother. You, John, John 6. Um, let's, let's, let's go back to standing, standing under the power. Even in worship, don't get so caught up in what what you're experiencing that you miss out on what's happening in the entire room. Uh, they used to say uh, of a vineyard, you could tell uh, that a kid had grown up in the vineyard because uh, they prayed with their eyes open. Because we were taught in the vineyard, Jeremy and I grew up in, in the vineyard movement, that if, if a healing happened, you needed to be able to see it. And so we didn't, I didn't grow up praying for people like this. Because why would I close my eyes if a miracle was just about to happen? Why, why, would, you, why would you be in worship or in, in a revival meeting or uh, whatever you want to call it if you're not expecting God to show up in an amazing way? Then fine, close your eyes. But I'm expecting him to show up in an amazing way and angels to pop out of the, from the other side of the veil at any moment. And I want to see it. Now, I'm not saying don't worship with your eyes closed. I'm saying... Be aware, get under the power of the Lord, and let it impact you, but learn to be a distributor of it. Learn, to, learn that you are the open door. There's nothing but open doors in this place. Like, you are, you are the door. You're not waiting for God to come to you. You're, you're spilling out. You're a fire hydrant. Just crack yourself open and spill on somebody. That's how revival doesn't happen from from heaven to earth. It happens from heaven on earth, right? Mm-hmm. 
Okay, real practical. Hygiene. If revival hit tonight, is your breath fresh enough to distribute it? <laughs> I remember I got some of the best prophetic words of my life from this like prophetic woman. I was living in Kansas City at IHOP, and uh, she came into the in into uh, IHOP and started prophesying over me. And her breath was so bad that if I was not like prepared for this moment to like breathe through my mouth, I I would not have heard a single word she said because she had been fasting and she had. I think she had just broken her fast with something with a lot of onions in it. And, and it was so distracting that I couldn't receive from her if I wasn't already prepared for that. Now you need to brush your teeth. You need to get a tongue scraper. And you need to, need to drink less coffee so that, you, so that you have a pretty smile and people can receive from you. Now it comes down to, are you about to jump in on something? No, I mean, we have Altoid boxes all over the place yeah. because of this. Yeah, we've got, we've got them in the sound booth. If, you're ever, if we ever say, ministry team, come up, or we're going to do, do ministry right now or whatever, and you think that you're going to end up doing that, get some gum, pop it in your mouth, be ready. I used to carry, actually, during the outpouring, the, the leaders would carry, you know, these little Listerine spray things? They would carry them. They had them on little, on a... I'm like janitor, you know the janitor keychain key holders. I am not kidding. Jason Hooper was one of them. I think he probably originated it. And and I I've saw multiple times Jason like gets done preaching and there's power and he turns around. All right, let's do ministry. And he jumped out off the stage, and I was like, that is awesome because he was prepared. He he didn't want to be in the way of what the Lord was doing. You know. It also comes down to being showered. Don't come, don't come to uh, service like right from the gym, smelling bad, or right from a run, or not having showered, or your clothes are whatever. Even the way that you dress is going to determine how if somebody will actually receive you or not. I've I've noticed this a lot. It was a, a few months ago. Ashley uh, Shuck took me out and said, "Let's get you some." not horrible clothes to preach in and fixed my fashion a little bit. It's important. The way you look really does impact your ability to be received by other people. And so if you want to, if you want to be a part of what the Lord's doing, go to a service and guys wear a button up shirt. Don't, don't wear gym clothes. Look presentable, cut your nails. Mm-hmm. I mean, is this too, too real for us? He's, kind of looking at me he's, like, not, he's not being a stickler on this. Paul said that he would become all things to all people so that by some means he might win a few or many. He would win as many as possible. And so he wouldn't let, if he, if he walked into Ephesus and in Ephesus they wore, you know, purple robes with gold tassels, you know what Paul would like probably purchase before walking in that city? A purple robe with some gold tassels because he didn't want the way he looked to be yet another stumbling block to them hearing the gospel. Yeah, the gospel is offensive enough. And what the Lord's going to pour out is going to offend people. We don't need to offend them unnecessarily with how we dress or, or give them any reason to discredit us. I mean, there's, there's times I, I used to wear like band t-shirts and maybe there's like a, you know, I wear a Ramones shirt. Oh, how dare they listen to the Ramones? I'm not going to receive from him. Like, you just got to think about these things, mm-hmm. you know? 
Anything else on that? But I'm the associate pastor of this church, so I can just dress like this. Yeah. <laughs> We've already created a culture where like people will dress like this here. It's, but if I were to be invited to a different church in Dallas, it's Dallas, you know, you better look good. That's just the way it is down here. And uh, and I do speak at other places, and when I go, I'm putting on the, the button-down and the khakis and the nice shoes. And yeah. I hit on this a little bit earlier, uh, but I want to talk about worshiping and praying with awareness. When you're in worship, it's not just about, it's about Jesus. It's about honoring him, enjoying his presence. But there are things that happen in the room during worship and during prayer that you need to be aware of that if you're so caught up in, in, in feeling what God's doing and not what he's doing in you, that you can't step out and go, oh, this is what he's doing corporately, you're going to miss it. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't just start when you walk in that door. It actually starts the day before. We used to go on, I, w- I don't know, I can't even count how many ministry trips I've gone on, missions trips I've gone on overseas and one of the things that they always told us, and we tell our students this when, when we go on uh, ministry trips, three days before and three days after, your dreams are going to change and they're going to be focused on what's going on in the city that you're going to and in the church that you're going to go minister to. Your emotions actually get, like, kind of alter and, and you kind of, whether you know it or not, the, your spirit knows and, and shifts and turns its radar on where you're going because it knows your spirit man knows that you're about to go do something. And so it goes, and you'll start to feel depressed and you're like, I'm so depressed. I can't go on this trip anymore. And the reality is the church is dealing with a depression spirit and you're, you're, you're being given authority over that thing. Or maybe you're sitting at home and you're like, I'm not going to go. I know it's Thursday night and I always go, but I'm just so tired. I'm, I'm my, I know some of you are like, like Vince, stop reading my mail right now. Like, um, my back hurts. I just, I don't really feel like going. Um, hello, McFly. That's called a word of knowledge. The, the Lord's actually opening you up to, to tell you he's going to heal back problems. People are here, maybe they have, they, they're anemic and so they're tired all the time. You have to learn to engage with what's going on in your soul and in your body to know what the Lord is doing beforehand. Hmm. And if you do that, the enemy will stop messing with you before services because then you're, the Lord's just going to use it as long as you're available for it. He's going to use it against darkness to decimate it in Dallas, Right? <laughs> The enemy will, will literally stop messing with you in certain areas of your life once you actually turn those, those attacks into counterattacks. Mm-hmm. You want to stop getting attacked in your emotions? Start using your emotions against the enemy. When depression comes at you or confusion comes at you, rise above it. Get understanding. Let it push you towards the Lord and not away from him and wallowing in that spirit and agreeing with that thing and letting fear just like buzz around your head and, and keep you keep you bound up. Does that make sense? Turn it around. Let's let's get aggressive against what the enemy is doing in the in the in the city. I was really bad at that when I was a teenager. I was discovering slowly that I had a prophetic anointing 
that predominantly was activated through my emotions. And so I would walk into a room and be perfectly fine before walking into the room. But when I got in the room, suddenly anxiety or fear or whatever, um, depression or thoughts of suicide, you, you know, would just come at me and I'd be like, well, I thought I was doing good, but now I'm not. But it was, it was words of knowledge. God was, I, I mean, there, it says that the gifts and callings of God are irrevocable. And so you're walking around with gifts turned on. And really, it, it, it comes down to us just recognizing, like Vince said, that we are, we are an open door, and we're almost like you know radio antenna receivers, and we're picking up on a whole bunch of stuff that's going around. And it, and it just comes down to maturing in that and recognizing it again and again and again and saying, that's not me, because five minutes ago, I was happy. So this is for someone in the room. Who is it for, Lord? Who is it for? And then you'll start to see really amazing ministry come out of that. Um, I talked about this, I don't know how many months ago. I, I did a, a teaching called um, Maximizing Your Church Experience. How many of you were here when I taught that? Um, I'm actually going to turn it into a book um, because it was really impactful for me. And actually, some people across the nation uh, watched it and they're like, you need to turn this into a book. So um, one of the things that I hit on in that series or in that teaching is when you're worshiping, you don't don't let it be like all right tonight was Jen all right Jen you better bring the anointing do your worst let me say what you got <laughs> like it, 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 we you your job the worship leader's job is not to be a tugboat um. and that's how it normally is and that's how it feels up here come on come on people and and we're sitting down here going Dance monkey. Ooh, wrong note, bassist. Mm-mm-mm. There goes the anointing. Mm-mm. I'm not engaging. Done. It happens. Your job as a worshiper that is not on stage, because everybody in the room is a worshiper, is to engage and pull the anointing out of the people that are on stage. Whether they're speaking or they're giving boring announcements or they're trying to get you to give your tithes, or they're, they're leading worship, or they're doing a dance. And where's, where's Kate? Kate, please keep dancing. Yeah. And I would like to invite you to not just dance right here, but to dance right here. Because <laughs> we, we need to see the, the dances that you have. You have a prophetic anointing for, for dance, and you are fully endorsed to get up on the stage at any point during worship and dance in the middle, up front, in front of everybody. Not all of you. I've seen some of you dance. <laughs> I won't be doing that. Short of revival. There are um, what I would call like prescriptions for praise in the Bible, and none of them that I can find involve uh, criticizing or judging the worship team. They actually, <laughs> they actually all involve us becoming part of the experience together, like where we're all singing to the Lord a new song. That means that if the worship leader is going off the, um, you know, going off the sheet into a spontaneous song, um, and she, like he or she is just, you know, releasing whatever the Lord, I mean, you can join in and just release your own song. There are times to listen 
and, and, and like pick up on what they're singing and sing it with them. But there are also times when we're all like the sound of many waters, releasing a groan, releasing a shout, releasing a song. Um, yeah. So just dance and, and sing. And because those, those things are in the Bible as like prescriptions for us to praise. Yeah. And if, if the electric guitar is doing an awesome solo, just look at them and give them the like stank face, like yes, that's the good stuff. Give me more, and go to the, go back in the sound booth and say, "Turn him up." Don't actually do that, but like <laughs> lean into what what is good when you feel the anointing on something. And a lot of that, mm-hmm. a lot of times, the anointing is just I enjoy that. Yeah. I I would love to have to be a part of a community that is so. Uh, able to worship and engage in the Lord with worship that we can turn all microphones off and yeah. worship for an hour and have a real experience with the Lord of worship. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Because when you're, when you're worshiping, you're pulling on God. You're like, come on, I love you. Come on, hit me with your best shot, God. And he's like, boom. And you're like, that's all you got? Try this. Boom, you're awesome, God. And he's like, no, you're freaking awesome. He's like, well, you died for me, so that's awesome. He's like, I died for you because you're awesome. Like, that, those kinds of things that actually happen in worship. Am I the only one that has experiences like that in worship? I definitely do. <laughs> he always flips songs around on me. Whenever I'm like, like praising him, he's like, turns it around and you're just like, you're just so good, God. You love me back. He's like, I loved you first, punk. So that's what he calls me, punk. He's very kind like that. Um, Okay, so with awareness, let's talk about the angelic realm. There are thousands of angels in the room right now. Engage with them. Pull on them. Like, when you're doing ministry, if, if we have a bunch of people lined up here, people come up and there's anointings on them. Forget about the demons that are attacking people. <laughs> Pull out the angelic encounters that are on people. Mm-hmm. It takes so little discernment to, to figure out what's wrong with somebody. So easy. All you need is, like, one working eye and a critical spirit, and you can tell somebody what's wrong with them. Mm-hmm. What's, what actually is a, is a sign of real maturity in discernment and having the discernment of spirits is not the dark spirits, but the light ones. Being able to see what are the anointings on this person? Yep. What, what, are the, what angelic assignments are on this person's life? What is the Lord about to do in the next week in their life, the next six months, the next year? That's real spiritual authority and maturity is to be able to pull those things out. And so when you're worshiping, I mean, move around the room. I don't know if anybody, I always watch Jeremy when he worships, which is kind of creepy, but I've known him for a really long time, so that's okay. Um, and, and he'll, even today, this is what he did. He's worshiping, he's feeling it, and he's like, oh, I think I feel it more over here. Oh, yeah, that's the spot. And then, oh, no, it moved back over here. I, there's been times when I have been in a room during worship, and I'm like, I feel that tug. And most of the time, it's I just need to go to the bathroom. But some, some, sometimes it's coming to the back, I want to show you what's going on. And so I'll stand back there and I'll go, all right, what is it? And I'll kind of like feel it out. And it's almost like you can kind of see different colored clouds over, over the congregation. This is what the Lord is doing. Oh, he's doing something over here. And I'll move to, to that spot and I'll 
see what the Lord's doing. Or if there's, you probably see me do this a lot. I feel like the Lord's doing something. So I'll grab the microphone, worship's a song and a half in, and I'm like, I don't care. I'm going to make something happen because the Lord's doing this. Or the enemy's trying to shut something down and people are feeling hopeless. So let's, let's attack hope. And so that, that's what I do. We have an overseer, which is the person who does the announcements and who opens up things. If you're feeling something, come tell somebody who's sitting on these front seven seats and say, hey, I feel like the Lord is, heal- is about to do healing and healing this. Mm-hmm. I feel like he's breaking depression. I feel like he's uh, restoring hope. I feel like he's blah, 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 blah. Fine, whatever it is, tell it to us. And then if we feel like there's a timing with what the Lord's doing to do it, we'll make it happen. And we might even pull you up and the anointing's going to come on you and you're going to start a revival yourself. But if you're afraid to actually step out and be a part of it, and you just, if you just want to play observation, if you want to sit on the bench, that's fine. But you're, you're going to end up getting into evaluation and, and not enjoyment. And I would much rather enjoy what the Lord's doing than evaluate it, right? All right, I have two more. And if you have more, you can feel free to jump in on them. A little bit. Um, <clears throat> specifically, when you are ministering, it, let's, say, let's say the Lord uh, shows up in such a way that there's people coming from all over the, the country and even internationally just to experience what God is doing here. We have to be able to minister out of the Lord's heart. You say, of course, Vince, we're going to do that. No, that means that you actually have to know what his heart is. You have to have a relationship outside of this room with him. You have to engage with, uh, with what he's doing and know as you're coming in, this is, I'm prepared. I know what's happening. And maybe even you're like, there's going to be somebody wearing a blue polo with a, with a yellow stripe across the chest. Is there anybody wearing that? That would be really creepy if I did that. Um, and the Lord's doing this. And then you find them and you're like, Boom! You don't need the microphone. It doesn't need to be ministry time. You you need to know the Lord's heart. Mm-hmm. One of the hard parts is when people get so used to ministering to people that they do it out of a gifting, and then they start to actually minister out of their own heart and even their own wounds. And so they'll, they'll actually start rebuking people that they have no authority over uh, or correcting them or giving them life direction and they don't have any responsibility for them. We need to know the Lord's heart, and when we're praying for somebody or prophesying over somebody or, or healing them, or praying for them in any way, we're ministering out of compassion, out of love, out of hope, and out of nothing else. Because if, if we minister out of anything but his heart, we're actually stepping into witchcraft. That's right. Yeah. This, this is actually one of my points that I uh, had written down for tonight that... Um, it's not just ministering uh, from his heart. It's ministering to his heart. You know the, the verse where um, Jesus is talking to a group of people um, who are standing before him, and, and he says, uh, the least that you've done unto one of these, you've done unto me. Or, um, or what, <laughs> what you didn't do to the least of these, you didn't do for me. Um, and so when you're ministering to someone, like, like think, I'm praying for Jesus right now because you are it's, it's not an it's not an allegory he said the least that you've done or what you've done to the least of these i keep screwing that up the, what you've done to the least of these you've done unto me and so when you're praying for someone 
look at them and think, I'm ministering to Jesus right now, because you are. That you're ministering to the Jesus inside that person, and he gets really happy. I bet you'll just start weeping, looking at someone thinking, I'm ministering to the Lord right now. Every word that comes out of my mouth is going to be affection and kindness and gentleness. I'm, I'm, I'm going to strengthen, encourage, and comfort because this is Jesus. Now, don't do that outside of here. Treat people poorly outside of church. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> take, take that principle. This is a whole other sermon. I'm sorry, I was being sarcastic right there. That's my love language. Um, when, when you... When you're talking to anybody, he's, he's in them. Mm-hmm. That, that really bad waiter at the, at the restaurant, that's Jesus serving you. That, that person that you gave a really bad tip to because they, they spilled the water and, and didn't get your order right. You got offended at, at Jesus and didn't give him enough money. That person that cuts you off, in traffic, fill in the blank. The person at work, the person that sleeps in the bed next to you, that is Jesus. And we can actually, we would, you will change your life when you stop seeing people and you start seeing Jesus. You, you'll stop evaluating people and, and having a negative opinion about people and you'll start to actually see who they are and who they're becoming and you can actually treat them like Jesus like an immature Jesus, because we're all becoming, we're being transformed into his likeness. We were born into his nature, but we are being transformed into his likeness. And flip it around, you need to treat them like Jesus would treat them. So it's it's just like Jesus loving on Jesus. That's what your life is. It's just Jesus loving Jesus in different man suits and woman suits. Over and over and over again. Anyways, that's a whole other sermon. Um. This is my last one. You, you can say whatever you want also. Serve, 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 and serve. The people who, who under David's leadership, were afraid to go into battle, and they just said, I, I'm just going to hang back here with, with I'm going to make sure this trunk doesn't go anywhere. <laughs> All, all, of the, uh, all of the warriors come back and they're like, Ah, oh, we took the battle! Look at all the spoils! And, and David says, They watched your luggage. They get the same reward. Oh, that's not fair! They didn't even risk their lives! They watched your luggage. They're part of the team. We have this stupid, and I emphasize stupid. I mean, look up stupid in the dictionary. I mean this word. Stupid mentality that the person with the microphone gets a bigger reward than the person at the sound booth. Yeah. Or that, that cleans the, the church. We have a guy named Joe who cleans the church. He doesn't go to the church. I love him. He's getting reward in his life for cleaning this church, and he doesn't even go here. You, if, I, if I lined 18 guys named Joe up here, you wouldn't be able to tell me who he was. But he's getting reward. Get involved. Find a way to, to serve. I mean, just, when there's something that needs to be done, do it. Look for opportunities. Because when you serve, you actually get the, the anointing 
from the person that you serve. Everybody is all about this, um, this verse, the laying on of hands for the impartation of gifts. Awesome. Do you know who got a double portion of Elijah's anointing? Elisha. What did Elisha do to get that? Oh, he, he waited around and he waited for his mantle to fall. No, he washed his feet, did his laundry, stalked him for years and served him. And that's how he got his, a double portion of his anointing. Mm-hmm. Uh, when, when we were, I was at Morningstar, uh, we would always have these conferences, like literally every single month, huge conferences, 500 to 1,000 people. And so they had to feed them and they had a, a kitchen and, and a whole cafe and everything. Like the cafe was bigger than this room. And so somebody had to make the food. And so we in the missions program, we would go and we would make the food. I mean, we would get up at four o'clock in the morning and we'd go start making bacon and flipping hash browns and all sorts of stuff just so that the people who were coming to that conference from all over the, all over the world and the speakers were coming and they, they were going to be served by us. My prophetic anointing skyrocketed when I started doing that especially around prophetic conferences. Did I want to be in, in the session where Bill Johnson is talking about how to host the presence and, and be a, like a carrier of, of the healing anointing? Absolutely. Was I? No. Did I get the impartation? Yes. Because I served. I, tr- I treated those people as more important than myself, just like Paul said in, in Philippians, and I said, I'm going to serve them, and whatever benefit I could have gotten in there, I'm going to get a double portion of it by serving. If you really want to be a part of what God is doing here, find a way to serve here. Become an usher. Become a greeter. Uh, yeah, sound show. Kids. What else? Uh, teenagers. What else can, can people do? Prophecy teams. Outreaches. Giving Jeremy foot massages. Come on. No, I'm ticklish. Don't. No, he's really ticklish. You shouldn't do that. Not like Matthew. Matthew's really ticklish. Find a way. And, and find, a, find a way in, in the moment. Like, don't, don't wait for a, like, somebody to say, come, be a life group leader. Do, just do something. Be aggressive about it. If, if there's a moment, like, let's say we're, we're doing stuff. We're knocking people down, boom, 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 and you see a woman that needs to be covered up. Don't go. Um, where's the blanket person? Because they should be covering that person up. <laughs> go get a blanket and cover her up, please. If the blankets are gone, the find blan- a coat. You find a, a coat. If if you've got a second shirt on, take it off and cover her up. Do something. Give your tunic. Go the extra mile. Whatever it is. But find a way. Always be looking for a way to serve. A lot of times, like, if, if a big person comes in, we're going to do a big ministry time, we'll clear out these first two or three rows, and we'll stack them. Did you know that the people who stack those chairs get a reward in their life and in their spiritual life for serving the person who just knocked out 50 people and healed 20 of them? Vincent actually is really good at this. You'll notice that when uh, some... Holy Spirit chaos starts going going on. Vincent's looking around for what needs to get done so that everyone can keep on encountering the Lord. Like you know, we if if there's 50 people up here or, or more uh, 
because this is where like the ministry is happening. Well, all those front rows need to get pushed back, don't they? And we're, like Vince and I, we're, we're thinking about stuff like that, but Vince is really good at it. So just catch the impartation from him right now. It, it really is. It's part of just being an administrator of revival. If you want the Lord to show up, if you want the train of his robe, you got to get on the tracks. Come on, that's really good. Somebody. Um, the train actually means the hem of his garment. I know, it does. No. <laughs> it's true. I was just doing a wordplay. <laughs> Bible jokes. <laughs> find, find ways, but my point is, find ways to serve. If in a, if in a moment... Even like when we were taking up the offering and I, I was like, hey, can somebody grab the, the buckets? Chuck was like, Vroom, gone. And, and Tom, was it Tom? You, you grabbed the little thing. Tom's like, I don't see him. Let's improvise. Improvise, adapt, overcome, make it happen. Just do it. F- find a way. If you, if you make a mistake and you do something dumb, you're still trying. And that's awesome thing I love about Jesus, if you look in uh, Matthew 5, 6, and 7, he's, he says, when you fast, when you pray, when you give, do it in these specific ways so that your reward will be great. Now, you can look at that and go, okay, so I'll fast, pray, and, uh, and give in those specific ways. What that tells me when I'm reading that is it shows me the heart of God that he's looking to reward and he wants to give you the cheat sheet on how to be rewarded the best. He is constantly looking for ways to give you blessing. All you got to do is get in the way. Even if you get in the way the wrong way, you're, you're still going to get it. Right? If he's, got a, if he's got a sniper rifle of blessing pointed in a direction, you don't have to be squared up to it to receive the blessing. You can just kind of dive and get in the way and you're going to get the blessing. Somebody else might get it too because it's going to go through you. But... You can get it. I'm saying be aggressive in your serving. Find a way to serve. And if you, if you don't know uh, of a way, just email one of us. We'll, we'll plug you into something. That was really great. Wasn't that great, guys? So much wisdom. Um, I just had uh, three things that, of yours that I needed to correct before we're done tonight. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Everything you said is true and good. The as... introduction, the body, and the <laughs> conclusion. Um, I love that you brought up Elijah and Elisha because just two days ago I was talking to a guy that um, asked me to mentor him. Um, I'm not that big of a deal, but this guy really wants False. to be around me <clears throat> and be mentored by me. And um, it's, a, it's an honoring thing. And... Um, we started talking about Elijah and Elisha, and the Lord showed me something just that I'd never thought of before about those two. Um, Elisha was being mentored, so to speak, by Elijah, and um, and Elijah is a man just like any other man, except for you know he was had some pretty incredible encounters with God, which we're all called to. And um, I would venture to say he's in the great cloud of witnesses, so he's not going to be offended. He's actually going to agree with me. There were times when Elijah was a jerk. 
And Elijah's like, you're right, Jeremy, tell him. <laughs> but seriously, there were times when he was hard to be around. In fact, the day that Elisha got the mantle from Elijah, it seemed very much like Elijah was trying to lose him. Almost like he had like this competitive elitist spirit. He wasn't sure if he wanted his mantle to pass down to Elisha. But Elisha looked past that. He overlooked those things and followed him. And, um, and when did Elisha actually get Elijah's mantle, his anointing? Yeah, it was after Elijah was being a jerk, then he was getting encountered and being pulled up into heaven. But if we get to the point where our leaders or the person mentoring us is being a jerk and we back away, then we won't actually see them get caught up into heaven and get the things that we were supposed to get. Does that make sense? Because even jerks get encountered by Jesus. That is me. <clears throat> All right. A couple of uh, points that um, I want to throw out there. This is just going to take like five minutes. Um, This is what the Lord told me for tonight. He said, agree for the weirdness. When the Lord showed up, it was usually very unconventional in the Bible. It was bizarre. It was something they had never seen before. Uh, In fact, there was always, always someone who got offended when God showed up. There's always, and, and Vince mentioned uh, John 6, the, um, the cannibal chapter, the cannibal sermon. Um, about 10,000 people were offended in that moment because Jesus was giving a, a very uh, awesome and yet mysterious message in that moment. And so what the Lord was saying to me about our church, about storehouses, can we agree for the weirdness? Can we be in it? For when the Holy Spirit shows up and does something that we've never seen before, something bizarre, and just <clears throat> look past the fact that there are going to be people reacting in the flesh or, or people, you know, shaking, faking, but like there, <clears throat> but there, in, in that moment, there, there are legitimate encounters going on. And if we get out of the seat of judgment and into the seat of blessing, then we're going to receive what the Lord has for us in that moment. So let's agree for the weirdness because he is a weird God. Do you know that the, uh, the word weird originally, when it was first uh, used in like old school English, do you know what it meant? It meant spiritual or supernatural. So somebody was like, you're so weird. Just say thank you. And just let them have their opinion. And, and they're just wrong about their definition of that word. But receive the blessing of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, uh, here's a point number two. We play a part in, uh, I want to say, like, getting revival. But that might be, I don't want to, like offend anyone, but we do play a part. There's a verse in James where it says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. So I'm not saying that we can twist God's arm, but you know, my, my daughter, Evelyn, she'll get anything from me she wants. I'm her father and I love her with all my heart. She's, she's the snuggler. She'll sit on my lap and just, 
she, she's all kissy and huggy, and, and I just love it. I love all my kids, but Evelyn is the most snuggly. She can have anything she wants. I've seen this happen. <laughs> she's going to bed. She needs to go to sleep, and she's like, I want this. No, you're going to bed. But I want it. <laughs> N- no. Dad. And she just snuggles up and fine. Do you want a Corvette too? You're like, <laughs> up to half my kingdom. It's border not borderline manipulation, but God loves it. <laughs> Seriously, like you can be his snuggly son or daughter that has such a tight grip on his heart that you're like, but but God, pour out your spirit tonight. Do that thing you've been and he's like, All right, I was gonna wait another year, but <laughs> like, <clears throat> Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Do not get those in reverse. <laughs> don't, don't get those in reverse. Um, here's the, the third point. Because um, it is true. If you draw near to the enemy, he's going to draw near to you, too. Yeah. That's really good. This is what the Lord uh, showed right me a, a little bit about, about outpouring is that um, actually it's about the people that seem like they're continually getting stuff from God, seem like they're continually encountering God. And you're like, why them and not me? Like, have you ever had that thought? Why them and not me? It's a, actually a really good question to ask the Lord. He will, he will come to you and talk to you about it um, because we want our own stories. But here's one of the keys. He comes upon those who respond. If he is coming with some joy, let out a chuckle. Don't resist it. If he's, if he's come like in, in a corporate worship service and you feel like, the, like the, the weight of his glory and you're like, you know what? You, I think th- th- this is one of those times where I'm supposed to get on my face, get on the carpet. Don't resist it respond. He comes upon those who respond. Have you ever um, had a friend that laughs at everyone's jokes? Aren't they the best? I, I have a couple friends like that. I love hanging out with them. Seriously. They're my favorite. Like they, they make me feel awesome. They laugh at my jokes. Be that for God. Don't resist him when he's doing, if he's sending some joy, I'm serious. Get in that joy puddle with him. Like start drinking the wine. You know what? You know, if God gives you one glass of, 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 of Holy Spirit joy, run back for a second. I'm serious. It's, it's that simple. If he's doing something in the room, respond to it. And you will be one of the people that continually gets encountered by Jesus. Cool. Mm. Be yourself. That was my last. <laughs> I used to sing that song. Um, be yourself. Be yourself. Put Saul's armor on the shelf. Because David, when he was about to go kill Goliath, Saul was trying to put on him his own, like Saul's armor. David put it on, and he was like, "This, this isn't going to work." I'm, this isn't the right size. It's going to hinder my, my, 
my, my fighting skills. And essentially, um, what that means for us prophetically is that we can honor the generation before us or our heroes in the faith, but don't put on their armor. God's given you your own. Glean from them everything that you can get from the Lord. Get all the impartation, all the wisdom, any, all that stuff, but be yourself. Because if David went out to battle with Saul's armor on, he would have been chopped in half by Goliath, and that story would have been lame. We wouldn't have had king we wouldn't have had the psalms. Think of that. That was one of the most key moments for someone to be themselves. I mean, half the Old Testament would be nothing like it is today if David had chosen to be fearful and say, "You know what? You're right, Saul. I don't know what I'm doing. In fact, you you, you know what you're talking about. Let me let me wear that armor. In fact, give me your sword, you know?" But he did what he knew which was uh, sling stones. He was really good at the, the old slingshot. And so he was himself. And so when we're, um, we can always be ourselves. That's really where the anointing lies. In fact, um, when, when you saw a moment up here, several moments actually, because Jen is very much herself, but when she got really honest with the Lord, did you feel the anointing come in the room? Yeah. And didn't it inspire you to get really honest with the Lord? That stuff is contagious. So be yourself, be yourself. Put Saul's armor on the shelf. And grab your sling and stones and turn a giant into an elf. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Act like yourself and react like yourself. Whoa. Yeah, I, I, I really feel like um, there, are, um, there are plenty of incredible wells, if you will, um, of, of the, the Holy Spirit in churches that are you know, really about being submitted to the Holy Ghost. And um, frankly, Storehouse is one of them. And we um, have been on the verge of outpouring for, for a long time, Right? Right? Some of you are, are newcomers. You're like, mm, I have no idea. But um, <laughs> I think so. <laughs> Just agree with me. Uh, now we're <laughs> for as long as I've been here, two times. We've we've had so many worship services where it feels like you know that you're covered in ghost bumps and like you're real. <laughs> like what is going to happen next? And everyone's cre- like crescendo singing, you know, screaming their guts out in an honest roar to the Lord. And you're like, this is, something's about to happen. And then it doesn't like, it's still amazing. We have incredible encounters and a lot of people have been getting healed and stuff, but um, we're in it for we're in it for the book of Acts. You know, 3,000 were added to their number that day because of the, the preaching of the word. And, and, you know, many signs and wonders were done at the hands of the apostles. They were continually together, devoted to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, the breaking of bread, and to prayer. We're going for, like, real outpouring. And, um, and this is a timely teaching for it because what, what we really need to do as a body is just come into agreement. Like I said, just agree for the, the weirdness. Agree, like, we've all been in plenty of boring church meetings, right? 
Anybody looking forward to a, a, a life full of boring church meetings ahead of you? Why'd you point at me when you did that? <laughs> <laughs> we're not, we're like, no, the God that I read about in the Bible, he is really amazing. Like, he, like the, the, when they got together, incredible things happened. So we, we just have to get into that kind of vein. We have to get into one accord. We have to come into agreement. We have to shout at the top of our lungs when, you know, it's time to shout to the Lord. You know, we have to, when the, when the weight of the glory comes, you know, it's everyone's on their face, like worshiping Jesus, because we just felt the, the majesty of his holiness. We like, if, if all of a sudden joy comes in the room, like God's, you know, sent 500 joy angels, laugh heartily. You'll lose control and it'll be amazing. Does that sound good? All right. All right. Well, stand up and let's pray for the Lord to, to pour this out on us. God, give, <laughs> give us the weird stuff. Uh, Holy Spirit, we, we really do invite you to, to give us everything that you've planned and a few things that you haven't planned. Yes. Maybe all the things you haven't planned. We'll, mm-hmm. we'll take everything we can get. And so help us to steward it and to, to hold on to it and to, to ride it for everything it's worth. <laughs> we want every impartation available in Dallas. We'll take it. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Touch, touch us even now. Touch us even now, Lord. And no Christian got in trouble for being too happy. Holy Spirit, we love righteousness and we hate wickedness. It's time to be anointed with the oil of joy above all of our companions. Yeah, Lord. Are you, Lord? Mm-hmm. Touched by the dove, infected by his love. La, 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 now I've got the bird flu. Touched by the dove, infected by his love. La, 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 now I've got the bird flu. It's a poison so pure, you'll never find a cure. La, 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 now you've got the bird flu. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, we were meant to steward your outpouring. You said in John chapter 7, verse 38, rivers of living water would flow from our bellies. We're ready for the belly rivers, Jesus. We drank a Dixie cup and now it's time to release Niagara. Mm-hmm. Now I've got the bird flu. He's the dove, the living word. He flipped Satan the bird. La la la, we've all got the bird flu.
<laughs> yeah. Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. Holy Spirit. Let's just turn to him right now. There ain't no show going on up here. Let's all just turn to him. Turn our affections on him right now. All of our attention and our affection. Holy Ghost. We love you, Holy Ghost. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you. We adore you. We open all of our doors before you. We worship you, Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. Holy Spirit. We're in it for the weird stuff, Lord. It's not like we really had great reputations to begin with. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like that verse where it says, not many of you who are called were wise. <laughs> you know, like, preach. <laughs> or held in high, high esteem. <laughs> Noble in any way. <laughs> oh, Holy Spirit. I said you'd use the foolish things to confound the wise. Do you free us from that disease of taking ourselves too seriously? Woo. I was just reading about children. He said, don't forbid those children from coming to me. In fact, unless you receive the kingdom of God like a child, you'll never enter the kingdom of God. I want more milk, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Make us kids. Holy Spirit, make us little children in our souls. Because we want to enter that kingdom. Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Now I've got the bird flu. That's going to be on KLTY, you watch. <laughs> Hi guys. This is Chuck. All right, raise your hand if you're feeling the Holy Spirit. It should be all of us. Uh raise your hand if you want them to share. So put your hand down. If you're not feeling anything, raise your hand if you would like that person to share. Mm. Okay. <clears throat> awesome. Now raise your hand if you just want to share with each other anyway. Should be all of us. No one likes to drink alone. Come on. You got a problem if you like to drink alone. <laughs> so go ahead and I can't reach Jeremy. Jeremy, put your hand on my head. I'm going to get some Jesus. Some, uh, yes. some, I'm going to get some wine from, from Jeremy. Mm-hmm. I'm going to press in. Get the bird flu. I'm going <laughs> to squeeze out the grape. I don't really have to do anything. This is the good news about it. If you try to do something, you're kind of in the wrong spirit anyways. You just receive. It's called faith. Uh, You don't really have to to try to receive. You just let go of the the doubt of not having something. Mm -hmm. Uh, When Jesus has already given you his kingdom, why do we constantly go to him like beggars and and try to get Mm -hmm. something we already have? So drink the the drink that you've already been given. that looks like enjoyment. So put your, I mean, you don't have to, but if you want to, put your hand on your neighbor's head if you're willing. If you don't want somebody to touch you, just tell them, don't touch me. It's fine. You're free. 
<laughs> like Katie right here on Periscope. Hey, Periscope, we're going to get you too. Katie, she loves Holy Spirit. So, Lord, thank you for Katie. She's, she's just a, a lovely little superconductor of the kingdom. She's such a little uh, a spiritual wine bibber. She loves the, the wine of your spirit, Jesus. She loves to commune with you. She loves to drink your blood, uh, drink your blood and eat your body. Thank you for that. Guys, don't let me be the only one talking. Mm-hmm. She lo- you guys yeah, love let's, Jesus. Let's pray for More let's Holy Spirit. Body. Thank you that uh, that we just got as much as you Holy as we can contain. Even so more. we're we're just going to start Even letting more. it out a little bit. Even more, Lord. Even more. Start letting it out a little bit. Even more. <laughs> Even get the sound guy, Stephen. Get him. <laughs> Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Holy hey, Spirit. if you're not feeling anything, just start thanking him regardless. Because the truth is, reality is reality. It doesn't matter if you feel it or not. He's inside of you. Is it cool? Am I cool? Yeah. He's inside of you. Right, Crystal Stanley? I know you're feeling him, but he's inside of you. If, if you don't feel anything tonight, you're not less awesome. You're oh, as all, you have no idea how much Jesus is in you. You're so full of God. You're so full of his glory. Holy Do you know Spirit. that <laughs> Jesus said that in the new covenant, the least of these, the, the ones that are even like s- the smallest in the new covenant are greater than John the Baptist. Can we just kind of go, hey, I'm greater than John the Baptist tonight. I'm greater than the one who went around dunking people in a river, preaching about a submerging into a kingdom. We died his death and we were resurrected into his life. We're greater than the baptizer himself because we're the baptized ones. Holy Spirit. Guys, you've been dunked. (laughs) We're like in the carnival of the kingdom and you've been dunked. You've been You've been dunked. You're not just getting into the dunking booth. Guess what? In Christ, you were dunked. (laughs) This is so good, y'all. Come on.